0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned.
1: Very unusual. I miss my studio Xanadu, but we all do what we have to do. In the meantime, I'm in Studio
2: Chiron. And man, oh
1: man, I made it, time. I made it back in time, just in time to see how wonderful it is to be here in Mexico City. It's fantastic. I'm a big fan of celebrating uh, everything that we could when it came to El Chapo and the success of moving, moving his son and this cartel growth over the last two and a half years, specifically under the Biden regime. I think it's wonderful and we should all celebrate. However, uh, exactly what are we celebrating when you celebrate Mexican Independence Day? The country is such a third-world hellhole that no decent people can live there, and they flee here, which to a certain extent I understand, and I lived through that. That's the beauty of being from Melrose Park. We were involved in that before it was popular, before the government supported it. And you understood that those people were leaving because they understood what a Marxist, corrupt government can do. To uh, the quality of life, and they fled it, and they were not real proud of that country. They fled, like most of us who came from socialist, communist hellhole countries. It's, we don't go around waving the communism, the failure, the fraud. That's why I don't have one of those Chicago flag tattoos. In the meantime, it's a it's a different world now in Chicago, and it was astonishing to catch it. I only caught the tail end of it, but I was wondering which part of the uh, of the Mexico are they celebrating.
2: Responding to calls for a peace deal with drug cartels, Mexico's president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, raised eyebrows this week, telling reporters he agrees. I agree.
3: Hopefully, peace can be reached. It's what we all want, an end to the
1: violence. So now he's going to negotiate with cartel members who who like to saw off the heads of the people who question them, and sometimes their employees that turn them down. And this is somehow an accomplishment. But you have to remember the long history of the corrupt government of Mexico. It's very similar to Chicago. And I like when the, uh, the drug kingpins, the cartel leaders, brag about owning the government. Stunning testimony in Brooklyn Federal Court at the trial
2: of accused drug Mexican, uh, Mexican drug lord, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, a former close aide, personal aide. Alex Cifuentes claims that Guzman boasted about paying a one hundred million dollar bribe to the former president of Mexico.
1: Well, when you pay a hundred million, you want to brag about it. I mean, you want somebody to know you spent that kind of money to buy a corrupt government. And um, what else is Mexico known for?
3: The little boy who approached me was about 11
0: years old and. when he approached me, he um, was selling me gum, candy, cigarettes. And uh, it was about 11 o'clock at night. And I asked him, hey, if you'd like to sit down and have dinner with us. And he, he
3: said,
2: yes. I asked him, did you eat yet? He's like, no, I have. And I said, okay, well, come on, sit down. And I literally had him this menu. And, uh, and as he opened the menu, he started just going through the whole menu. And five minutes went by. And uh, I thought, man, this kid's so picky. And I said to him, hey, listen, whatever you want. Uh, this is on me, and uh, he looked up at me with these, like,
3: puppy eyes, and he said, I can't read, and I looked into it just a little bit more, and I found out that he was uh, uh, brought from Chiapas, which is about, I don't know, maybe about 8 to 10 hours away from here, and that's where most of the children are being trafficked from.
1: And So I'm sympathetic to the people that flee this kind of corruption, this kind of, kind of incompetence. I'm confused when they come to Chicago, where he, that same kid has the same likelihood of not being able to read every- after CPS spends $30,000 to send them to school every year. However, um, I'm sympathetic to the people who live under this. I just don't get the celebration. And I mean that. I'm dead serious. I don't get it. See, I'm ashamed of the sewer of corruption. I'm ashamed when they steal the people's money and side with the drug cartels. That's why I don't go around and put one of those four stars on my chest like some moron celebrating the collapse of society. And that's what you celebrate. When you celebrate this corrupt government oh and, and and are you not celebrating the government? you're just celebrating the country then why did you leave it this these are all very interesting and then you realize where do they come? Well see those celebrations that you were strapped with they didn't happen around the country. Oh no, those only happen in Marxist areas, communist areas and corrupt democrat mafia led areas that's where The third world citizens who navigate corruption and failure are most comfortable. And who are the people that support it? Well, it turns out the American communist legacy supports it like Sean Penn did when he was so excited about meeting with El Chapo. It's the story behind the picture at the
0: intersection of Hollywood and crime. Oscar winner Sean Penn's secret meeting with one of the most notorious drug lords in history, El Chapo. Was their Rolling Stone one-on-one in the Mexican jungle really just a cover-up for a secret
1: movie deal? Now an explosive... No, no, no. It was like mines. See, Sean Penn is a second-generation communist. So the El Chapos and the cartels and the people who want to celebrate the idea that just that version of government supremacy is wrong, but it'll work somewhere else. They're just morons. So I think Sean Penn, wasn't he on Face the Nation? I don't remember them asking him about his connection with El Chapo or the massive murder and mayhem that the cartels are wreaking havoc in a country that is so on fire, no decent person can live there. In fact, Face the Nation wanted to talk about another Marxist organization.
4: Margaret Brennan in Washington, and this week on Face the Nation, a historic strike hits one of America's major industries. What are we? One more time. President Biden's economic agenda is in the crosshairs as the United Auto Workers go on strike against Detroit's Big Three automakers, demanding higher pay and benefits.
5: Auto workers help create America's middle class.
4: How close is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Same. Gatsan Ghoul. once again, another fairy tale from the in diapers. In the meantime, what are these scallywags really demanding? If we signed up for
2: the UAW's request, instead of making money and distributing $75,000 in profit sharing in the last 10 years, we would have lost $15 billion and gone bankrupt by now. Uh, the average pay would be nearly $300,000 fully fringed for a four-day work week.
1: for a four-day work week. I mean, what exactly do you guys think you are? And they just turned down an hour ago, 21% increase. See, because that's not what they want. They want the real cheese, the real payoff, the phony retirement system that only municipal La Casa Nostra gets, the designated benefit program where you get 80% of your last pay and your wife gets to go get her feet done and her nose and her chin and all the rest of it, and the people pick it up like the Soviet Union or single payer. In the meantime, there is no fairy tale for the rest of us. See, none of us got this fairy tale deal that the UAW got. And what do I mean by that? You know, it's interesting when you really think about it. This company doesn't exist. It's a pass-through. It's been broke for decades. But when it really went broke was 2008. And uh, I'm here. I, I was got a call Friday. I think it was from Kevin, and he said, "You know what about the truck business? Because Ford dominates in the truck, and the truck, and the truck. How many people know about the 1964 chicken tax? Did you know about that, Squirrel? Not a lot of people did. 1964, they called it a chicken tax. What they built in the system was a 25 percent tariff on all foreign trucks, light trucks, heavy trucks, and all the rest of it. So when you see all these trucks that do not have the UAW," made while I was drunk's tag on it, what you have in all of these trucks is a 25% lower cost than the American truck. That, to compete, they have to be 25% less. So as the UAW just turned down a 21% increase, my answer is why? Why would you turn it down? You see, what you get now, you really shouldn't get. The company should be bankrupt. As each president from Ford. Now, here's the president from GM. And do you know why Miss Barra knows that GM is on life support? Because her father worked there for 35 years. In fact, Miss Barra started as a new product development associate at 18 years old. 18 years old. She's a second-generation Michigan worker. Not like uh, Congressman Dingell who likes to go under the name Dingle. Did you see her on the Sunday shows? I saw her too. See, Congresswoman Dingle was the mistress of Congressman Dingle, but her real name is Fisher, like body by Fisher. She's an heiress to the Fisher fortune, and she's going to come on here and tell you how it's so right for the worker. Well, where were you when your grandpappy was making millions, when millions meant something?
2: I'm extremely disappointed and frustrated that we're even on a strike. We didn't need to get here. General Motors has an exceptionally strong offer on the table. It's historic. It's the uh, uh, largest uh, increase from a, a wages perspective in our 115-year history, along with world-class health care benefits and many other provisions, job security, et cetera, uh, and a COLA adjustment. So when you look
1: at a COLA adjustment. So you're going to get the raises and you're going to get the cost of living, which means when this corrupt mafia government drives up the cost like it did for the rest of us since Joe Biden stole the office, 17.6 percent, you're going to get a cost of living adjustment attached to CPI. You should take that, morons because you shouldn't have a job anyway, but you got yourself a good old fashioned Marxist mafia member. Now, bring it home. I like this new version of mafia members. They can't even do a push up as this fat ass Sean Fain pretends to be Shea Gravera. Uh,
4: Good morning to you, sir. Uh, You have said that you had reasonably productive conversations with Ford yesterday. Does that mean they're going to put a more generous offer on the table?
6: Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having us. And, uh, you know, that's up to them. Uh, That's, you know, the reason we're in this situation right now is because all three of the big three companies chose to wait. They chose not to negotiate for the eight weeks we had. We started this back in July. Why, why,
1: Why doesn't anybody mention the $78 million that UAW hierarchy has stolen from the UAW workers in the last seven years? I don't hear any of that. Do you hear that squirrel? Me either. All I hear is this same communist bulldog. See, so why pick on the people who are celebrating a corrupt government and a phony Independence Day when the cartels run an entire country called Mexico? Why just pick on them? You think they're the only ones who were cheering for their slave masters? I don't think so. I think the UAW guys are too.
6: And we told them then, don't wait till the last minute or you're going to find yourself in a bad position. And unfortunately, they chose to wait till the last week to get. See, now, like every Democrat,
1: another lie, because it takes a lie to cover up a lie. Because both presidents of the companies, both Farley and Barrara, made offers to you more than two weeks, in some cases two months ago. But you're lying Crooked, short-in-the-pants ass wants to pretend it's the big, bad corporate guy. It's the big, bad company guy. But what you forget to tell people, I know that most of them can't do math, is that you've been living on handouts and payoffs for the last 20 years. There is no UAW that exists because of a strong company. It exists because it's a pass-through of a corrupt system that hides a 25% levy on foreign competition since 1964. See, I like when that value's passed to me, the consumer. I really don't want to pretend you guys have a job and you're productive, because you really aren't.
2: There is no per way. Per employee, per UAW. Per employee. yeah. This is our fully tenured school teacher in the U.S. makes $66,000. Someone from the military, or fireman
1: makes mid 50000 This is four or five times to work four days. But they're the people. The worker party unites. What about all the other people that go to work? You know, all the ones not in the mafia. But that's not good enough for you because you guys want a little something extra. You want that inside deal. You want the real payoff, the phony pension that doesn't exist on a return on investment. It exists how close you are to the mafia, Don. Well, it looks like you got the greatest mafia president in world history in the office. They've been writing about him since he was first elected in 1972, another Teamster boss, when they said they got a senator. They own a senator. Now he's the president. That's what the UAW's banking on. That's why it doesn't matter what they offer. They know their ace in the hole is a crooked mafia don. Hopefully he'll remember because he doesn't have his marbles anymore. 312-642-5600. He believes in
0: freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer.
1: Boy, this fries me, I gotta tell you, Because I've known for decades, greed is not a man that wants to keep his own money. Greed is the communist, the Marxist, the socialist, the Democrat that wants to take it away.
4: Ford has said that your demands would more than double the labor costs, which are already significantly higher than the labor costs at Tesla, at Toyota and other foreign owned automakers who don't use union labor. So how do you make the case that these automakers need to keep investing uh, in more expensive union shops rather than move to these right-to-work states.
6: First off, labor costs are about 5% of the cost of the vehicle.
1: Really? That's not what she asked you. Hey, you crooked, half ass pansy gangster. That's not what she asked you. How are the other companies delivering far greater value?
6: How is it working? Huh? Gangster? They could double our wages, and not raise the price of, of the vehicles. And
1: really, because a, a a pickup truck, a GM, I stopped and looked at one today, and I love how they just attack you as if they thought I was stupid enough. In the meantime, I looked at one. Do you know what a pickup truck, a GMC costs? Squirrel, eighty five thousand dollars. Eighty five thousand dollars. And you want more money? No wonder the company's bankrupt. Ah. Uh, oh, I don't count the handout, Squirrel. I do math the old-fashioned way, when the government doesn't pick its favorite companies and hands them charity. Brian and Gurney.
7: Sean, good afternoon. I'm pissed as heck. I, I want to talk about a food shortage coming up, and I got three reasons why we're going to have a food shortage coming up. All right. I work for an all-natural organic grocery store in the Chicago area. First reason is the processing plants have been the last couple of years mysteriously caught on fire or exploded. Second, the lack of uh, fertilizer. And the third underlying reason is all these people that coming in this country, they're going to have to be fed.
1: So well, Brian, is the food you, right there. I think you're underestimating the amount of fertilizer that comes out of these Democrat sewers. Start in City Hall and just listen to them. They produce it every time they open their mouth. Roger on the south side.
5: Hey, how are you uh, you know what? Hey, listen, I think I've made more money in the past than maybe than I make now since I've gotten older, unfortunately, but it is what it is. yeah, I mean like okay, I'm all for somebody making a wage, whether it be union non union whatever, but okay. I'm not taking on 1500 a month for a new car.
1: Can you imagine $85,000 for a pickup truck? My old man was a bricklayer. He always had a pickup truck. You know why you, you, he had a pickup truck? You could buy it. It was the it was cheapest. Truck, yeah. It was cheapest. It was cheaper than a sedan. And that's why do you think they all go to these trucks? First of all, the whole thing's a scam. They go to the trucks because uh-huh. they were getting their ass kicked in the car market. So the trucks have a 25% buffer. They still can't figure out how all the non-union shops deliver a tremendous value at 25% less the cost. Because they understand, Roger, the most American people have no idea that since 1964, foreign automakers have been dealing with a tariff of 25% on trucks. They have no idea. And they Mm -hmm. pretend that this is a, a market the American car company really has demand. Not to mention you know how many of them think about how municipalities pay over list price on everything? And they cut the side deal because the the municipalities are buying everything from squad cars to ambulances to everything. It's an inside game. They get their favorite local distributor. They write the massive checks. The guy takes them to whorehouses and lunch for eternity. It's a massive Mm -hmm. system. So there's another corrupt subsidy that we don't count. And we pretend these companies exist. These companies should have went out of business decades ago. And by the way, they're already out of business. And they're going to get what they want because the, the the president of the United States, the one who stole the office, he's going to write him a check for whatever they need. So they're going to pretend this is a negotiation. This is theater for people who can't figure out the scam. That's not us. See, I know the scam. Yes, it is. I just missed the day when the real gangsters were men. Instead, I got these impersonators. These are mafia impersonators. They're like transgenders.
6: Still make billions in profits. It's a choice. And the fact that they want to compare it to how how pitiful Tesla pays their workers and other companies pay their workers. That's what this whole.
1: I wonder, do you know why Tesla workers aren't on strike? Hey, hey, you butter handed pansy wannabe tough guy. Do you know why Tesla workers are not on strike? Because they get to buy the stock and they're all millionaires. Yes, they are. It's why they don't need your corrupt ass in between pretending to be on their side. And then the other thing is they're probably smarter than the average UAW worker because they can't figure out in the last six years you and your criminal organization called the UAW stole over $70 million. That's why you need the pensions because you stole the money. Just like you do in the municipalities here in Chicago and all the other half ass mafia towns like New York and New Jersey. The only difference is the people aren't on the hook to bail your ass out through massive taxation. So you got a problem on your hand. You better put up a good show. Who better to put up a good show than a professional liar such as yourself? I'm a workers.
6: I'm a workers.
1: That's nice, Squirrel. I mean, we're going to get a big bill. We might as well get a show. Come on now, dance. Kick up your leg. It's all one big theater. 312 642 5600
0: Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, the answer am 560 the answer
1: i couldn't help but notice when they had the uh the bust out mayor big lori lightfoot brandon johnson in chicago you know the guy who was on a payment plan for his fracking water bill did you see the suit he had on square it's a brioni brioni flared lapel i looked at that suit you know how much that suit costs more than most people's car in chicago now he's really raking it in. Gee, I don't know how you misappropriated 85 million. You know, we got to staff the places to take care of the guy. This guy went from a bust out to a multimillionaire overnight. He's kind of like a UAW president. Uh where's my, come on, honey bunny. Where's the thing? There we go. Joey T, Palatine. Hi, Sean. How are you? Aggravated because I realize the ramifications that he's want to be gangsters. They make me sick to my stomach.
7: Buddy, you've been on a roll with this UAW, and if every
1: lady and gentleman that's listening, you haven't missed
7: a beat, pal. You are. And tell Cream Puff Jim to get the food out of his mouth <laughs> next
1: time he gets on the air. Nah, he's perfect. He, he sounds
7: like he's got a mouth. I know he's funny, buddy. Yeah. He's got to get the food out well, of Well, he got mom. the paycheck today. He, he,
1: he might be, he might not call today. But the thing, Joey what? T, that people have to understand is the ramifications of, what these, of what's happening. The ramifications are small businesses that go out of business, car dealers that can't sell cars, all the rest of it. What they did, the, the drop in the, in the pond by a pebble is a tsunami on the shore. And they're, they're too stupid to understand. They should be thankful for what they have, because what they have is a charity in the first place. And when you see the presidents of these of these companies come out and say, look, you're going to bankrupt us. And the fix is already in. You realize maybe it should just go bankrupt. And now I don't want them to get a penny. In fact, I, my offer to you is this. Gangsters? nothing. Yeah. Oh, please.
7: These yeah. And But I love you. Keep up the energy. Just one thing, please. Yeah. Um, next time you come to town, can we arrange? I need a transfusion
1: of blood from you. I need your energy. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I'm in town for a couple of days, brother. You come by the cigar store right. anytime you want. I right, love you, man. Love you Keep too. up the great work, Thank everybody. You very much. Thank you very much. Matt South Bend. Sean, I was going to say,
7: you don't need to worry because you got Fetterman coming in. He's going to help take care of all the unions. And, uh, you know, he's got his bunny slippers and bathrobes just in case you no, have he's to, gotta, f- to walk the line.
1: I think Fetterman is perfect so. for this. Number one, he's got the intelligence to, to put the deal together. He can communicate with everybody involved in the situation. And he's got a costume on where he pretends to be a worker, too. See what happens? This is perfect. I like the way you think, man. It's a perfect solution. You need the right characters. And by the way, how's everything going?
2: Um, I'm pleased by what I see in the economy. I, I think we're achieving lower inflation, which is, of course, very important to households and a tremendously important objective.
1: See, and the other yeah. ramification of, of allowing this mafia don, this fraud, this dimwit with dementia, who, by the way, can't even walk anymore. You see this idiot walk to the helicopter today and his cast of characters, manhands Yellen says she's pleased. She's too... She probably does understand that her massive inflation. See, this is Joe Biden's inflation of over 17 percent is what triggered all of this nonsense. All of the economic turmoil, all of the manipulation by the Federal Reserve. Now the people, they're like Democrats who live in Democrat cities. Your standards are so low now you'll look to anything for help like an idiot like Brandon Johnson. See, that's the game. Keep beating up your standards. And before you know it. You've you've elected these idiots yourself here. You elected Brandon Johnson. You elected this slob who sold out to the Chinese Communist Party, whose family has been interwoven with Democrat mafia for decades. You elected him. What did J.B. Pritzker win in about four minutes after the election? Now you're going to get what you deserve. Uh, George Naperville. Sean, weren't the Mexicans in Chicago
3: celebrating Yul Brenner and the rest of the Magnificent Seven, the it, brave it, men who
1: rescued those
7: villagers yeah, they from the
1: banditos? They should be thanking us. In, fa- in fact, they insult us. But this isn't what I grew up with. And I grew up in arguably the most illegal alien friendly town of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, who I loved, by the way. These are their people I love. And you know why? Back then... They understood they had to flee Mexico, if they were honest, and they wanted to get ahead because their government was so fracking corrupt, they couldn't stand a chance. In fact, they had third world plumbing. Half of the streets looked like they did 200 years ago, and they wanted better for their life, and we welcomed them, and I love them. But those people never, I never saw them waving the Mexican flag. I saw them proudly waving the American flag, but it was a different time. Do you know why, Squirrel? People were smarter. And I'm dead serious about that. We were never geniuses, but we were far smarter. For instance, a guy like Sean Fain could not have existed in the 70s, spewing this communist
6: dung. Couldn't have existed. Arguments about workers in this country got to decide if they want a better life for themselves instead of scraping to get by paycheck to paycheck. See, because
1: back then, workers would have said, wait a minute, you mean to tell me your average your average UAW worker, when you factor in the benefits. See, maybe they don't know how to do it. When you factor in the benefits, make $115,000 a year. Average. And you're telling me that's scraping by? Now, if it's scraping by, well, then your problem is with manhands. Yes, your problem is with manhands and the Democrat mafia. Who do you got really speaking up for you? Oh, you've got a real huckster. You've got a real flim-flam man by the name of Hakeem. Hakeem Jeffries. Nephew of a notable Marxist scumbag, rabid anti-Semite, Marxist professor, Hakeem. He says, you guys are, you got vision. You all have vision, like Karl Marx. You know, we have a vision to put people over politics. That's what we should be doing.
5: That's why we were sent to Washington, D.C., not to make an ideological point, but to make a difference.
1: You were sent, you, you Democrat scum, like the Democrat scum here in Chicago and the Democrat scum in New York. You were sent there to bring home the bacon. You weren't sent there for any vision. We all know your vision sucks, and you're bo- broke, and the only way you can exist is from charity. So that's why you're sent here. Let's not make up a fairy tale about why people, you really think anybody, is there anybody in this country that can't figure out where the garbage neighborhoods are and where the terrible areas are? Of course not. We all know where they are, wherever the Democrats are in power. It turns out 90 90%, of the, of the murder and mayhem and the, and the and the vehicular thievery and all the rest of what you guys call the weekend. All Democrat sewer cities. All of them. Keep voting Democrat. It's going to be great. Jan, Hoffman Estates.
5: Hi, yeah, listen, you know, this UAW, if this government bails them out, I mean...
1: They've been bailing them out since were you were a, a little girl. W car,
5: yeah, this is ridiculous. This is like... They want they want the government to take them over because this is their backdoor plan, like you always talk about. Jen, and they'll take over, but you hid. Think
1: about this, and I'm that serious. Think about how diabolical it is. In 1964, they hid it in a bill called the Chicken Tax, that all Better. trucks, light to heavy, that are not made by the Big Three, pay 25 percent tax to the government in order to sell it. Which means if they want to compete. They have to have an all-in cost 25% less than the UAW made frauds. Think about that. And they've been dealing with that's that since the 60s. So since the 60s, all of those American trucks had a massive advantage enforced by government. That's a scam. You think that's nationalism? Is that is that patriotic? No. It's fluffing up the UAW, which, by the way... The thirst of a Marxist, of a communist, of a socialist, it can never be quenched. And none of them are fighting to keep their money. They're always fighting for someone else's money.
6: While everybody else walks away with the loot. Yeah. And, you know, when we bargain good contracts, going back to the founding of this union, people joined the UAW because we set the standard. People,
1: You got your ass kicked by every non-union made car that ever competed with you. And you're still getting a kick. How many people know about the chicken tax? Good good thing for you, Democrats. Most of you can't read because you go to public school in Chicago. What is it, 5% can read? 3% can do math? You guys should get away with this scam for decades. Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, El Chapo's son
7: is coming to the metro over there on Bambier and in downtown. He should have gone to Club Gidmo.
0: They could have just done the trial online.
1: What's up with that? I, 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 To be honest with you, they should have elected him as an alderman. It would have been the same outcome. Thank you very much, Eduardo. I mean, really, I'll bet you if El Chapo's son ran for alderman, I got 50 says he wins, squirrel. 312 642 5600. This
0: is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM 560, the answer. AM 560, the answer.
1: There's always plan B, C, D. How are you going to keep all the people complacent when you've got such an obvious traitor to his nation? Traitor and thief. Well, you have his bag man sue the IRS, which I think is phenomenal. I mean, this is absolutely phenomenal. Hunter Biden just filed a lawsuit against the IRS. It's awesome, squirrel. You keep that in mind. You just sue the IRS. This stupid son of a dog not only didn't declare millions, he tried to write off whores. Which, didn't realize, is only good when you're an elected senator and an elected congressman. In the meantime, how are you going to keep all the people, all the regular slaves and serfs, how are you going to keep them happy, Squirrel?
4: Hey, guys! It's your girl Shalane. back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing new Social Security proposals, and this benefits all of us, all right? We're also going to talk about Social Security overpaying billions of people, and now they want their money back. How dare them? We
1: how oh, dare them. Now they want their money back. Because
4: that's free money.
1: See, the way you break the system is a guy like me. I'm almost what am I? Yeah, I mean i even though I look fantastic squirrel. I'm in my fifties, right? Sure I am. I'm a, i I give you don't owe me any. I don't I wa- I don't want your Social Security. Give me the money you stole from me back. And that's how you started. Then one becomes a million. One million becomes ten million. And before you know it, you expose this cartel of corruption that is our government. You see the whole fracking thing's a Ponzi scheme. And that's what will be exposed. You mark my words in this UAW Marxist money grab, because sooner or later, someone's going to do the actual math and figure out just how much money this pretend companies have been costing
6: the people. And meanwhile, mm -hmm. it's insulting that a CEO gets on air this in the last few days and says that her twenty nine million dollar salary is justified by her performance. No, it's not. It's justified by the performance of the worker.
1: No, it's not. No, it's not. The performance of the worker, that's not how it works, and that's not how salaries of CEOs come to be. Now, if your complaint is with the girl who has a 35-year career with the company, well, you could thank Barack Obama. He's the one that negotiated that because her salary that you keep complaining about isn't really a salary. It's attached to specific payoffs and sales, all of which who have been disrupted by your union boss, because you're not really the union boss. Your union boss is the dimwood in diapers, the -the short-in-the-pants gangster. That ironically is putting you all out of work. You see what they don't talk about, Squirrel, is you remember this UPS, the big thi- oh, the 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 the, the, the uh, Teamsters were going to strike, a strike, and the other short in the pants Irishman named Sean, what the hell's his name, whatever. The other gangster when he got his deal done, they don't talk about the 280 UPS workers that were fired that night. You see, and you're not talking about your 600 that were fired. And if you get your way, take that 600, put a zero behind it, it'll be 6,000 less of you. Are you still for the worker? And by the way, Sean Fain, what's your salary? I mean, I know your last couple bosses went to prison for stealing millions, but what's your salary? Is it like the same teamster that negotiated the UPS contract? Is it 700000 What do you do for that job, fatso? Uh, all right, where's my, uh, I'm having a trouble with this mouse in here, squirrel. You know what it is? I'm not used to it. Chris in Barrington.
7: Hi, Sean. I have a different theory on why they're, uh, Going to do the UAW.
1: Story. I'm open to theories. Hit me.
7: All right. So my theory is you go and buy an electric vehicle now, they're 25%, 30% more than anything it's true. comparable that UAW puts out, correct?
1: Yeah. Those lightning trucks that cost right. more than that Denali I looked at suck. Yes.
7: Right, right, right. So I, I think this is a planned ploy to say, wow, all of a sudden gas cars, which are generally cheaper to build, cheaper to maintain, uh, and cheaper to put fuel in. <laughs> yes, now they're going to start costing more than electric vehicles. So this is this is more So what plan. you're suggesting,
1: let me make they, sure I have this straight. What you're suggesting is this is a ploy to cover up the original folly, which is the fact that the electric vehicles really don't work at all as advertised and when they do work actually ironically cost far more than the gas vehicles that they hate, and are far less efficient. So this is a way to cover it up in some sort of a labor class structure uh, squabble, correct?
7: Well, you are a gentleman and a scholar.
1: Wow, Chris, you know what that's called? The Soviet Union platform. And they did that for 72 years. I hope this time it doesn't last as long, Chris. The good news is you're in Barrington. You could hide out, and I hope you got one of those 10-acre plots. The bad news is you're probably paying eight times what you should for taxes. Stay strong, my friend. Tom in Blue Island,
7: Sean Diddle's brother. Sean, you know I grew up. I know you did too. Uh, here in Buy American, Buy American. I don't even think that, that these, these unions don't even they don't even bother with that anymore. And I mentioned to you one time before that. I, I almost—I always felt obligated to buy an American car, and I have two vehicles now. And I was one's raised Korean in a—I
1: was raised in a Delco auto parts store. You want to talk mm-hmm. about Korean? It isn't until you actually read and find out where it's assembled. It's kind of like the Ford Bronco Sport. Did you know, Squirrel, that the Ford Bronco Sport? Did you know that the entire vehicle, along with I think the Escape, also known as the Escape, but I'm not sure. The, but the 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 Bronco Sport, the entire thing is assembled in Mexico. And did you know what the worker in Mexico gets paid to assemble the Bronco Sports Grill? $3 an hour. He's not included in this UAW thing. See, that's how Ford generates any profit. They actually, ironically, avoid their very own union, their very own union, to turn a profit, because it's kind of like what the, the, the head of Ford said. If you give them what they want, you go broke. If we signed up for the UAW's request, instead of making money
2: and distributing $75,000 in profit sharing in the last 10 years, we would have lost $15 billion and gone bankrupt by now.
1: That doesn't bother the Marxists. Go bankrupt. And ironically, they'll probably make more money because they'll have a fast track to the welfare roach. 312-642-5600.
0: This is the Sean Thompson Show on am five sixty. The answer from the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for
4: me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a
1: little controversy. Oh, squirrel, the good old day. See, if you were lucky enough to go to school before Google, you probably read out of these things called encyclopedias and books. Phenomenal. You didn't just yell into your hand and all of a sudden articles pop up and you read the latest one. Because what all fascists, Marxists, communists, all government supremacists know, if, if you can rewrite history, you can steal the future. That's exactly what we're living through right now. The good news is there's people put on, putting up a tremendous fight against it. They write numerous books and they're true scholars. My next guest is one of those. He is Professor Jeff Flynn Paul. His book. I'm sorry, Finn, Paul, his new book comes out tomorrow, Not Stolen, The Truth About European Colonialism in the New World. Professor Paul, how are you?
8: Hi, Sean, thanks so much for having me on.
1: I appreciate what you do, because the truth is under assault, and I love when somebody sticks up for the truth. And this is really what you're doing.
8: Yes, I, I like to think so, so thanks so much for supporting me in that.
1: Well, I I, I cannot but notice your own personal history. Uh, You were born in Florida. you raised in Pennsylvania. You've authored numerous books, and you really write about global history and economics, which is the true way to save the future, because that is exactly what's under attack. And if you could build this hatred for the past, you could now be lured into trusting the most pathological liars among us, the politicians, and we need to prevent this. (laughs) Does your book have a chapter dedicated to debunking the politicians?
8: Uh, yeah, well, you know, I still, uh, believe that democracy can be a good thing if done right. Uh, and that's a big part of what I'm trying to do is get at the truth, get to the, uh, truth in such a way that the people can make their own decisions,
1: but a Republic I can save we've us lost
8: our way a little bit. Yeah. yeah.
1: But a Republic can save us against the corrupt. See, and I'm from Chicago, and yep. there are more corrupt, yep. unfortunately, in specific areas, and they destroy those areas. But a republic could fend yep. us off. And people don't know even that history of a republic versus a democracy. And that's why so many of the most current mafia bosses that I call politicians, they, um, they, they are constantly selling this idea that 51% can take away the rights of the 49, are they not?
8: Yeah, precisely. No, that—that's the downside of a two-party system, of course.
1: Yes, and now we're, when it comes into effect, when it we talk about the European colonialism, this is something that makes is is intended, I think, to make certain people feel bad about a history they really didn't partake in. But is the spin on European colonialism that we're getting is it the right interpretation of what really happened?
8: Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, I think that the United States as a country has done so much good around the world, but I think that for reasons that you and your listeners know, we have a lot of people fighting against that, trying to make the U.S. look like the bad guy. I then ask, you know, if the U.S. is the bad guys, what does that make so many other countries?
1: Yes. And then and as you see the rewriting of our own history and the, kind of ignoring the the intellectual concept of Americanism, which is the founding principles of the Enlightenment. You see that it's been bastardized to a certain extent, and they want you to feel as if there was an intention and the country was built on the backs of slaves. But if you take that theory, that very theory, and let's say, I, I, I mean, I completely disagree with it, but let's take, let's take their, their perspective and run with it. Who were the original slaves to America?
8: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing there. The Indians, for one thing, uh, Europeans banned slavery uh, of the Indians from the get go. I mean, Queen Isabella of Spain was doing that. Uh, And so the idea that the United States is based on slavery, I think, is is very ridiculous. There was a fight against it ever since the beginning of the republic. People knew that it was not moral. And there were a lot of people fighting all throughout the 19th century.
1: Now, see, I I, I love the stories of history. I mean, I truly do. I have since I was a kid. I I, I was lucky enough to be born to people who liked history. And instead of putting me in front of a television, we talked often. And when you realize the real history of America, (laughs) you, you understand that when we first came to this country, there was already massive turmoil. In fact, I can't remember if it's the Cherokee or the 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 apache i think it's the cherokee they were enslaving other indians they were murdering other indians they were turning their women into 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 sex slaves and their children into slaves that they let live i mean there was true turmoil here prior to the pilgrims well, that's
8: Yeah, that's what everybody forgets is, I mean, Native American society was what we say monopolizing violence on a small scale. And whenever you do that anywhere in the world, it's not just Native Americans, but anywhere there's small tribal societies, everybody's fighting everybody. Yeah. And so that means you can never sleep safe at night. You always know that your neighbors might attack you. And so a lot of times then you plan to attack them. So it's like Chicago now. yeah. Yeah. And and so I mean the the main war aim of of Native American warriors was to capture the enemy males and kill them if at all possible. Yeah. Preferably by torturing them. Yeah. And then of course women would be incorporated in, into the tribe and that's basically what We'd call sex slavery.
1: Yeah, and that was the Comanches. I, I, I said Cherokees. It was the Comanches. But you know, it's funny. Oh, well, it
8: was pretty much everybody. That, that's what people don't realize. Almost every Native American tribe was like that. Now, this, again, isn't to say that they're any worse than people anywhere else around the world. This was just par for the course in every tribal society.
1: But the one thing you can trace back to the very beginning when we started to even write things down is that slavery is something, it's a condition of mankind in general. It's not particularly selected to specific races. It's something we've been doing for millions of years, haven't we?
8: Oh, it's so silly when people talk about slavery and race as if that was normative, because every society on earth had slavery. And uh, even in the European Middle Ages, we didn't enslave people based on race, but based on religion. So so Islamic people were enslaving Christians, and Christians were enslaving Muslims. It didn't matter what race you were at all. So now that's a development that only happened. Yeah, that only happened in the 18th and 19th century that people really started to associate slavery with race. So it's relatively late.
1: So you're a professor in the Netherlands. Um, When you tell these young people who have been inundated to believe complete misnomers, how what does it go like? What's your what's your daily when you when you start to teach the real truth about the inhumanity to man that we're still capable of as slavery still lives in in several countries what is the reception you get i'm curious do they accept it are they hostile towards you what does it look like
8: yeah well you know what i'm fortunate to be an economist as well as an historian so i teach a lot of economics and on that i can be much more neutral and it's less controversial and i say to the students look you need to learn the basic laws of economics before you can criticize any society (laughs) I think one of my strengths is that I'm one of the few historians trained in economics, so I actually look at numbers. So I see so many historians saying, "Oh, millions of people were killed. Well, I look back at the sources and actually there was just a couple thousand. but my the people with no no numeracy can can take these wild exaggerations as truth. So it's- with my students. Yeah. With my students, like a lot of them come into the classroom saying, oh, yeah, the Americans were spreading smallpox blankets all over the place. And then I'll just slip in during the course of a lecture. Well, actually, we only have one documented case of that in all American history. Yeah, really? you know, it blows their minds, but I can slip it in.
1: See, that's the beauty, because that, that will resonate. And, and as those kids search yeah. for the truth, you know, you may be changing the trajectory of the future. And I love that about a good professor i think that is essential but you know it's interesting having that that basis of economics because when you really think about what freedom is and what made america the youngest and the richest it's not the dollar it's the idea of propertyism of property rights the idea that a man is entitled to his labor to the profits from that labor and his intellect that's what really made us the youngest and the richest and people forget this if it wasn't Uh, For that idea of principles, the the greatest theocracies throughout history would be the richest countries and the strongest. So uh, do they understand the principle of the Enlightenment itself? And is that something maybe we should lead off with rather than this duopoly of corruption where we make people pretend they're Democrats or Republicans?
8: Yeah, well, you know what? That's what I talk about in my book is the importance of the Enlightenment and those ideas and how capitalism and a true democracy have gone along with each other since the very beginning. Because, I mean, think about it. Capitalism, I mean, we have shareholder capitalism where people get votes in a boardroom. Yes. And that's based on the democratic process. Those things developed hand-in-hand in, hand in late medieval Europe, uh, in Venice and Florence, and they were passed through the Dutch and the English, and then on to the Americans who just, we just we just put them on a much larger scale. But it's those fundamental Enlightenment ideas, yeah, that underpin everything uh, that makes the U.S. great.
1: You know, Professor Paul, as you look at the current events, and you realize all of the different arguments that we're really facing, I to, to put it to one ideology, I don't think, is doing the mission of government supremacy justice. Whether you're practicing communism or socialism or Marxism, what you're really practicing is this idea that governments are supreme to individuals. And I feel like we keep going backwards. We may have respites of a year or two years, but can a country move forward if it doesn't have a philosophy? And I'm lucky enough to remember when we did have a philosophy, when even both parties had nuanced differences, but they had a principle I'm hard-pressed to find the principle in America, but then I look around the world. I'm hard-pressed to find the principle around the world. Do people still want to be free, or are they searching for a servitude they're comfortable with?
8: well that's just it i mean i'm all for some kind of democracy as where where the people get to decide their own uh fate but i think that a lot of people with social media have just kind of given up on the idea of democracy at all and i think that you're right there's there's a lot of support for autocracy just because everyone has it so good i think they don't realize what they're what they're about to lose
1: that's that's a that's a that's a, that's a fear that I have because i don't have grandkids yet, and I fear a time in America when i didn't think we'd be living through what we already live through the idea of a comfortable fascism that somehow any minority or majority of the people's support gets to take away the individuality and the rights. Of the of the opposition, I I am very uncomfortable with the direction America is going in, and I'm wondering what your perspective is on Europe. Are they more free minded? As you see, the Freedom Index that was released a couple of months ago, America was like 23rd, and Europe had some of the freest countries. What are you seeing?
8: Well, you know, I mean, I think that the parliamentary democracies over here are strong because we have multi-party systems, and also the countries are smaller, and I think it's easier to govern a smaller democracy than a large one because it's easier for the people to maintain more direct control. Um, But in the United States, yeah, I mean, I see that there are uh, just a couple social media ideologies that are that are taking over and uh, that people are being ushered into one camp or the other, more extreme than ever, more divorced from reality mm-hmm. than before people are losing touch with science and with facts. And one of the big points of my book is that you cannot have a healthy democracy if you do not have a population that knows the true facts of history. If they only believe some ideological version of history— then they believe in dogma. They don't believe in reality. They believe in some fantasy. And that that brings back like the Middle Ages. It's basically like a theocracy or, again, like fascism or
1: communism. P- Professor Paul, I don't know when the last time you've been to America is, but I am back in the Chicagoland area, and I, I, I'm from here. I, I recently just locate, relocated to Florida, but I, I, I'm from here. And it's, it's fascinating to me. When you watch these failed politicians who are who are truly ruling over corruption and failure in policy and somehow they spin this tale of this phony virtue of utopia and it works the way I imagine it worked in Germany in the 30s or in the Soviet Union at the turn of the century, I, I, I'm amazed that there is not a common acceptance of fact and I'm wondering how we can get moored back to a principle. And I'm hoping that maybe it's something as obvious as the lies of history that you're writing about and not yeah. stolen. So when you, when you think of the greatest lies about European colonialism or the new world, which is the one that no one can argue with that is a lie that we're being told on a regular basis, but the truth of history is not being told?
8: Yeah, well, I mean, one of the most obvious ones now is they're they're using the term genocide right, left, and center. And a lot of these things, like they're saying where Columbus first landed, there were 8 million natives that were killed within 20 years. Well, genetic studies just proved there was only about 40,000 people living on that island. So that's complete fabrication. And we're being fed these kind of tales. As soon as you Google Columbus, all you see is articles about genocide. You also see things about slavery. And he did send a couple hundred people back, but they were immediately ransomed by the Queen of Spain. So that's not true either. And then the other big one is just this idea about stolen land, right? They say the United States was stolen. But if you look back in the sources, there were thriving land markets everywhere east of the Mississippi. Yes. Uh, most of that land was actually purchased willingly from natives who were happy to get metal tools and firearms exactly and and other necessities of life
1: they they cannot inflationally adjust value that's their biggest problem it's kind of what we see today and when you look at the louisiana purchase and you realize the scale of money at the time it was an unbelievable amount Uh, half of the half of the americans wanted to go to war with the government for even thinking they could pay that much money for that land because it was sold for nothing exactly you know the, the perspective is the hardest part to translate to morons Forgive me, but I'm in yes. Chicago. We speak plainly.
8: No, I'm, I'm, af- <laughs> I'm afraid so. And, and you know what? That's what social media really fosters, is a two-sentence witty, uh, witty statement that gets everybody's attention but yep. may not have any truth at all behind it.
1: I cannot re- wait to read the book. So it comes out tomorrow. Where can my people go and pre-order and get it tomorrow? Yes.
8: Well, yeah, I mean, on Amazon, it's available for pre-order right now. And then tomorrow, uh, starting tomorrow, they're going to be shipped out.
1: Oh, I love it. Well, listen, I, I can't wait to read it. I would have appreciated an author signed copy. But that's all right. I'll maybe. let it go. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll no. send one over. <laughs> I'm well, listen, Professor Paul, I hope I'm fortunate enough to meet you face to face. I've enjoyed some of your writings that I've been able to to get my hands on. I, I so respect your opinion because it comes from a, a, a position of truth, which is something that is lost in the chaos of uh, of America today. So I really appreciate you writing this. Enjoy the Netherlands. You're far safer than if you were in Chicago. He is Professor <laughs> Jeff Finn Paul. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, thanks, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will
0: never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show AM560. The answer.
1: My next guest loves the Constitution. He loves the founding of the country. Small business owner and manufacturer. He's partnered with Salem Media to sell limited edition 1953 U.S. Constitution lithograph print. His name is Jeff Johnson. J.J., how are you? Mr. Thompson,
5: nice. I love you. Oh. We love you. You are my favorite radio personality. Oh. If I only had one radio personality to listen to the rest of my life, oh, it would boy. be you.
1: Oh, boy. Well, thank you very much. I means That really, truly means the world to me. Number one, Warren when, I, when, when yep. I get off the show, I'm going to be sure and forward that cut. Not me telling him, but that cut right to Dan Prof's personal email. Uh, in yeah. the meantime, <laughs> I appreciate what you're doing, because what you're doing is something that, believe me, the, 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 the mafia doesn't want people to be aware of exactly how simplistic and ideological americanism is they want to wrap it up in this misinformation about the history so people feel vindicated and f- people feel wrong then they could tolerate government supremacy makes me sick but ultimately the future after the collapse of all these Democrat sewer ghetto areas they will rebuild and they'll need something to turn to and that's really what you what you're providing isn't it
5: yes sir yes sir and um, the, there's a whole long story kind of behind these, and it's actually on the website on the Salem Event Store about the the fellow who created these. Um, he was a Czech immigrant. He came here legally in the 1920s, and he created the finest version of the Declaration of Independence in 1942. Wow. And those are all gone. Though I have one, and I will next time I see you, I will show you that oh, wow. 1942. Well,
1: you you always have it with, and in fact, that's where I first met you. You were yes, kind enough. Yes, you were kind enough to bring the 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 Constitution that some very wonderful yes. people signed, and I'm. I yes. was honored that you asked me to sign it. I remember it, and it was an honor. I really appreciate the that.
5: The Photo I took is of the most handsome devil oh. that exists on all those signatures. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much.
1: Thank you very much. We'll have it's Honey Bunny fun. send that. Oh, thank yeah. you.
5: Yeah, but, yeah, you were Sean, you were number one eighty seven on that one. There are now two hundred and five signatures on that one. That is truly yeah. that was one of those original 1953s, and there's only a few left and we've we've partnered with Salem Event Store. So but but So he only produced story. a finite amount of these.
1: Yes. And sir. now you're yes, running you're running out of yes. them.
5: These are the last of them, and um, um, uh, they'll probably be gone maybe by the end of the year. And, wow. and all the artifacts and printing plates, my, my good friend and business partner, his name is Mark Hill, he, they bought the entire collection back in 1996. Wow. And I purchased it from Omen's estate. The guy's name was Theodore Oman, O H M A N.
1: You know what I love about patriot. that? An immigrant? Just a patriot. Yeah, yeah, Czech
5: immigrant. He he read about America, loved America so much, he came here and did wonderful things. Just you know, JJ, when I when
1: things. I when I came into town, you know, I was I, the, the whole ma- and, and and from Melrose Park, do you want to know one of the most patriotic Americans I ever knew in my life was an illegal alien from Mexico who lived across yeah. the street from me when I was a kid. Oh and he yep, adored yep. he adored yep. america because it was built on a principle and not a gangster and you know yeah. it's fascinating to see how now now people who benefit far more than the aliens legal or illegal of the 70s yeah. or 80s they get everything for nothing. Their kids get everything for nothing. And they hate the fracking country. Makes me sick to my stomach. But I do love the idea that you are here with this document. You know, first of all, you know how yeah. I feel about it. Yeah. I, I I prefer the Declaration of Independence because it's got a little more oomph in it. Oh, right. However, right. however <laughs> I love the Constitution, even oh, though it's John. been turned into Swiss cheese. Sean, and this version, Omen's version, he added the
5: Bill of Rights at the bottom. So on these prints, there's the the Ten Amendments he he, he added to this version, and it's a museum-quality print and just beautiful. And like I say, we have all the artifacts, the printing plates back in the day, 70 years ago, what it took to print something. And so it's just an amazing thing. So and
1: I have I saw, the website. I and... where,
5: go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I saw where Freedom Summit. Freedom Summit's coming up quick, and you're going to be there.
1: I am going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. It's November 11th, right? Yes, sir. I just got that Uh, date right before I started the show. Sean, Sean, I want to set up a
5: table there and sell Sean thompson cigars
1: oh um, i do <laughs> work for you for free
5: and hand out sean thompson cigars i'll tell you
1: what i don't have cigars but i have high t- constitutions. <laughs> yeah well i don't have cigars but i have high tide cream maybe we'll put a table up there we'll have you working the table with yeah, my nieces i will i in, will god i will work the table for you oh, man <laughs> appreciate that well listen in the meantime signatures. this yep. can be found at salem events right salem events Correct. store yep .com. And at the yeah. store you could see everything about the constitution and there's only a few of them left. You said how many? How yes. many I'd like to sell They're, them faster well, than you anticipate.
5: Sean, Sean, there's there's 3143 counties in the US. Mm-hmm. We have less than about 2 per county left. All
1: right. All right. Well, I <laughs> love that.
5: that the way it, I love that. Yeah.
1: JJ, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you for doing this. It's always, you know, you're a wonderful patriot to the country and you're well, a great asset you. to Salem and to me and I appreciate everything. Oh. Thank you very much.
5: Oh, and Sean, Sean, one more thing. Yeah. Your your uh the gal I spoke with, Carlene, she is a delightful personality, man. Just oh, yeah. a wonderful. You got a great great gal.
1: She's my honey bunny. She's yep. A,
5: yeah. Yeah. She bus. just did a wonderful job. So oh. I just want to say thank you, Sean, for what you do and what you say. And and you are you are the champion patriot oh. of this country. That means right the world oh. to me. And Carlene, when you mean. run for president, she should be your VP. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. You never know. Anything is possible. We got to put Squirrel in there somewhere. But thanks again, JJ. I no, appreciate Squirrel you. Too. He, he he can drive the tour bus. I,
5: Squirrel can drive the, the campaign bus
1: and I'll be there with you. <laughs> all right. You got it. Thank you very much, JJ. <laughs> right, I appreciate All right, buddy. It. Love you, man. Love, love, love you, right Mr. Page. Thompson. Thank you very okay, much. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. bye. All right. When we get back, uh, Walt, you'll be first in Northwest Indiana. Phyllis, you'll be next. Rich here after that. 312- 642-5600. I'll take all of your calls when I get back.
0: Call Sean now. 312-642- <laughs> AM 5600. AM560. The Answer
1: oh beautiful there's my guy squirrel
7: skies,
1: land, squirrel i remember when he died i mean you had the, i mean people were crying relatives i have tough guys i know, very upset very upset And as you look at the attack on America, you really appreciate that kind of stuff, man. Walt, Northwest Indiana. Hello. Hi, Walt. Do you know
8: that uh, Elvis Presley served uh, as an army uh, enlisted man in Europe? Uh, He was a tanker. Course, uh, no. when he was called up uh, for the draft he served.
3: How about that?
1: I love that, and, he, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overlook the Priscilla at 17. It was a different time, and we'll just overlook it. But go ahead. Uh, a,
3: couple of, a couple of years ago, I was watching a, a cable documentary about slavery in Africa, and they featured a black African history professor from a university in West Africa, and he related that when he talked to a black African group, and pointed out that slavery existed in in Africa before the white man ever showed up.
1: Still exists. And Pardon? It's still there right now, in year 2023. Yes. They still have open slave markets and it, all, exactly. all over northern Africa. It's outrageous.
8: Yeah. The truth shall set you free. That's what the Bible says.
1: Well, I hope so, Walt. And then maybe we could look at the American truth and we could look at uh, Willie Ellison along with other many cohorts. Or you could look at the Ulster Scots. You could look at the true facts. You could look at the largest lynching of any group in American history is the Italians. And, uh, you know, it'd be interesting. But then we'd have to really focus on all kinds of truth. And that's going to get very uncomfortable for the swindlers here in Chicago. Chirac. And tonight, city leaders are expressing shock after an NBC5 Investigates report we aired yesterday. We are waiting for records that show where the millions being spent on migrants is going.
4: Some records we did receive show employees working at migrant shelters have made more than $135 an hour. NBC5 Investigates Bennett Haberly is here. Whoa, with whoa, what whoa,
1: you- whoa, whoa. You want to make that kind of money? You better join the UAW or the Thamesters or the CIU or something like that.
4: Discovered, Bennett.
2: Yeah, Kate and Alex, imagine making almost $200 an hour. These invoices show it has happened at the privately run shelters housing migrants. Today, I talked to aldermen who say they've been asking for receipts as well and had no idea of the figures until our report
1: last night. You know, how long until people focus that the, the, the illegal aliens are just the stooges, like the students are for the money scam of the federal government and the student loan boondoggle that they owe to themselves? I mean, how much longer are you going to figure out all they need uh, is a body count? That's why they want the floodgates wide open, because these broke, bankrupt ghettos are making hundreds of millions, dare I say billions, on this scandal.
2: These invoices obtained by NBC5 Investigates show employees of a private company, Favorite Staffing, which run the city's migrant shelters, have made at least $135 an
1: hour. If only there was like an investigative reporter with real wide hips like an Amish birthing mother of 14. You know, like, let's say he lived in Hinsdale and he had a big pinstripe suit, the bottom a lot bigger than the top because he's built like a bowling pin. Let's say Chuck Gowdy and he could find out I wonder where this company gives campaign contributions. What's the route? Who are the assets? Who holds the assets in the LLC? I wonder if it traces right back to some sort of a Democrat mafia, like a conspiracy. In some cases, more.
2: In one invoice, a facility manager made $14,000 in a week in December. Another invoice shows a nurse earned more than $20,000 in one week. Those figures do account for overtime. To see invoices like that are disgusting. They're outrageous. And they should be called for an, investi- an immediate investigation. Do you have an accounting for all the dollars are going? Uh, no, we haven't been. And I think that's uh, the big concern that came. Well, y-
1: y- you're only the government in charge of it. You better watch where you're going. You get your nose slapped. You're looking in places you shouldn't be looking. You might expose the fact the whole fracking thing is just a crime syndicate.
2: Up today was that we're willing to accept federal dollars. We're willing to give dollars to these issues, but we need to see where every penny is spent. NBC5 Investigates filed public records requests three months ago. So far, we've received just two invoices, contracts, and a spreadsheet showing since October the city has spent at least $83 million on companies and organizations
1: that provide care to the 13,000 migrants now in Chicago. That's just the city government. What about the federal government? What, what, what could the federal government? Did, did they have an accounting of our money? Did they have any idea of what they spend it on? or How about where this stuff is? But we begin tonight with breaking news. Military officials say they're responding to a,
3: quote, mishap involving an F-35 fighter jet. Officials say the pilot of an F-35 Lightning II ejected from the jet and landed safely. But the search
1: is on now for the missing F-35. They don't know where it is and are asking the public for help. (laughs) Hey, why don't you go out today? We're going to go after the show, Squirrel. We're going to go look for the uh, F-35 jet. Why doesn't somebody look in Ukraine? I bet you we'll find a lot of missing stuff. Robert Chicago.
7: Hello. Hello. Hi. Um I'm just, just here to discuss about yeah, the more likely that F thirty five probably fell in, maybe mislocated somehow to Ukraine, more likely. Yeah,
1: oh yeah. <laughs> that, that that's in Kiev right now. They traded it in for seventeen Bentleys. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, my God, yeah. Uh,
7: What's funny right now is a lot of illegal immigration right now is taking a toll in the city of Chicago, um, especially here, too. Um, All the police stations in the city of Chicago are filled to the, like I'm talking about the lobbies of the police stations. They are filled to the peak with illegal immigrants.
1: Yeah, well, Robert, what it's doing is exposing the complete incompetence of the government of Chicago. They're the ones that declared themselves null of the federal immigration laws. And now they're suffering. Right. They're Now they're suffering. And the ironic part is, is they're, instead of really paying for it, the corrupt mafia is profiting from it. That's why I play the story of Brandon Johnson and the Chicago government stealing the money, misappropriating the funds to their campaign contributors. I mean, nobody even heard of this group. Yet here they are, the recipient of tens of billions of dollars. Now, hopefully, Robert... It'll an ex- expose an investigation, and maybe this time some crooks will go to jail. Problem is, the jail's already blocked up with, ironically, illegal aliens.
2: Chicago. Alderman voted Thursday to accept another $33 million in federal money, but raised some concerns that it comes without knowing where the current dollars are being
1: spent. By the way, thank you for the call, Robert. What do you mean they, they voted to accept it? All right, the federal government, they're going to give you another $33 million. They're going to they're not look into the $200 million you already. All right, we'll take it. And those very aldermen are going to investigate where the missing money is? No, they're not. They want more missing money. They just want to get their cousins in on it. You know, the ones with the corks on the fork during Thanksgiving so they don't poke their own eyes out like the Daly family. Something we
2: asked Mayor Brandon Johnson about. Can you and your administration commit to being more transparent and release some of the documents that have been withheld? So let me just make sure that you're clear and everybody else is clear here.
1: By the way, when he's talking to you, That's a Brioni suit. This bust-out. This bust-out who couldn't pay his water bill is talking to you in a $6,500 suit. So pay attention to this idiot.
0: Every single Monday, there's a conversation with alders who are part of a working group. Every Friday, there's an email that is sent so that all the alders could see it. We have released information providing the details of the fact that when we appropriated the first 51 million dollars i was the person that said that the vast majority of it went to
1: staffing now, see. does he sound like the servant or the master i think he's got his roles reversed you see dummy you answer to us you don't tell us anything you answer our questions moron by the way nice suit fatso
2: It feels so it's not
1: me. Said, like for me, so impossible we we to, to me. imagine that lying, thieving, rat, con artists will exist in the world. We've known that since the dawn of man. What's difficult for somebody like me is the fact that that's who represents us. You see, every word that comes out of Washington, D.C. is a freaking lie. Everything. And you watch these bust-outs who've never earned an honest dollar in their lives, all exist as multi-millionaires and successful people, shows you that the scam is government. It's really quite simple. So when I hear these blowhards, these con artists,
2: Um, I'm pleased by what I see in the economy. I I think we're achieving lower inflation, which is, of course, very important to households and a tremendously important objective.
1: Manhands... And her cohorts of corruption have destroyed the quality of life for the ordinary American. So to pretend she's bringing happiness and their success when her stated goal is to bankrupt 50% of us to slow down the ability to acquire things rather than address the corruption in the government itself shows you we're far from where we need to be. But hopefully something simplistic, like watching this dimwood in diapers go on vacation, 50% of the time will wake people up, as most Americans can't afford to. His name is E.J. Antoni, and he explains it better than I do in his latest article, Biden loves vacations, his economic policies mean most Americans can't afford one. He is E.J. antoni Heritage. How are you, kid? Sean, I'm hanging in. How are you doing? I'm pissed off! Because you're bankrupting my people. You're bankrupting the hardworking folks, the honest people, and you're paying off scallywags and cohorts and corruption. And I don't like it. Hey,
3: Sean, I, I can't disagree with you. I mean, what we've seen over the last three years right? Because it's not just the Biden administration. It started under the Trump administration. It is a level of fiscal profligacy that, frankly, would would make a drunken sailor blush. Now, at the end of the at the end of the day, uh, this is nothing but a massive wealth transfer away from hardworking Americans, from savers, from retirees to the government and their special interests.
1: You know, it's hard for me not to think when you were talking that It really started under the Franklin Delano Roosevelt administration. And you could even argue in some instances under the Hoover administration. This is something government's been hiding from the people since they became the backdoor nationalization of our economy. And they've been trying to put lipstick on the fascism that is the American policy and the Federal Reserve. Really? Isn't that if we really trace it back and rip it up by the root We have to go to the root of the problem, which is the idea that a centralized organization not really affiliated with the government, even though it calls itself federal, is somehow in control of inflation when it's just the the byproduct, the cost of government misappropriation and corruption, isn't
3: it? You're spot on, Sean, and that's why I think you actually even need to go a couple presidents further back Uh, than Hoover, you need to go to Wilson, who created the Federal Reserve. You know, it it was it it happened right after the death of J.P. Morgan, who didn't want a a government sponsored institution. What he wanted was basically a bank for bankers, a purely private institution that did not issue the nation's currency. uh, But it was morphed into the Federal Reserve by Wilson and by the progressives in order to get government control
1: you know EJ one every time we talk i you know you, you go back to the real crux of it and what we mainly are dealing with which is called our current circumstance are ramifications of ultimately terrible terrible policies so when you see the ramification of organized labor extortion mafias like government unions or the UAW or the Teamsters or the rest of it rally around this idea that they want their piece of the corruption which is ultimately what you see them say It boils down to the fact that that cost of that corruption is because of oligarchs in our society like Janet Yellen, like Jerome Powell, like like Joe Biden. Pretend that they somehow can have the magical, mystical sauce that brings utopia to the world when the fact is they're only managing fires that are started from the government supremacy in the first place, aren't they?
3: Very few people have done more to destroy the middle class in this country than Janet Yellen between her time, not only as uh, uh, Secretary of the Treasury, but also as chair of the Federal Reserve. Although Jerome Powell at this point is sure giving her a run for the money. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. The systemic interest rate risk, which he created in the banking system and on the the federal balance sheet, I mean, that rooster is, is uh, you know, it's coming home to roost at this point. And well, quite frankly, I mean, we are, we are very, very quickly approaching that point of no return.
1: Oh, I think, listen, first of all, I think that they're operating a shell game anyway. It's a shell game of, of, of find the P and the P isn't on the table. Or the queen isn't in the cards. What you see here is ultimately people are, 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 are tasting the result of absolute government corruption. And when you see what's going on in the UAW, aside from the fact I don't like organized syndicates and I specifically don't like short in the pants ones like the UAW and their thieving leadership. The reality is they're dealing with the massive costs that they didn't have to pay since they cut their corrupt deal to support Barack Obama in the first place. And as he implemented costs that broke the backs of small business entrepreneurs in healthcare costs, the UAW and these cream puff organizations were selected not to bear the cost. And now that it's running out, they have to ultimately demand more money because they were already living on charity. And when you look at the complexity... And how you've brought down the big three through this labor extortion mafia that ironically has stolen hundreds of millions from their own their own workers in the, in the in the management that never gets talked about isn't it any wonder that they have to really demand more otherwise they'll have to realize that the value of these companies they pretend to work for is really in the gutter itself isn't it
3: oh it, it certainly is Sean, and you know I'm so glad you brought up Obama and his relationship to the unions because let's not forget. That union workers in the the UAW specifically were going to have to pay billions, billions of dollars in extra taxes because of their so-called Cadillac health insurance plans. But they were somehow exempt under Obamacare. So you're absolutely right. It's a classic case of corruption. I scratch your back, you scratch mine, except we're doing it at taxpayer expense. All of these things are being paid for by the taxpayer and it's going, the money is going into union coffers, which then turn around and end up as magically Democrat campaign donations. You and know, then lo and behold, those same politicians turn around and pass laws to benefit the unions.
1: And I carry this this hostility towards this rigged system because up until my late or my, my mid50s, I, I worked for myself. and as small business people, you are the one that always bear the cost of this kind of insider backdoor deals that's that make it more difficult but how do you how do you come together with a, a number of businesses that this particular Obamacare put out of business and now we never talk about it and the reality is these con artists like Joe Biden are actually running on repairing the damage he and his his paymaster Barack Obama implemented in the system and uaw although what in my opinion an absolute corrupt mafia is only trying to stay afloat because they're already killing everything that obamacare ever touched and and the imag- the the average worker doesn't even understand the money he's lost that his company would have rather given him than the massive costs of, of insurance isn't it just a stupefied worker that can't see the forest through the trees
3: Sure, absolutely. And look, at, at the end of the day, the only way that, this kind, that these people get away with this kind of corruption, no matter what the corruption is, is the fact that they can hide it. Inflation is a great example of that. The average American worker today is paying more on his hourly wages in the hidden tax of inflation than he is on federal income taxes. But the government gets away with that. Because there is no line item on your pay stub that says inflation tax, but there is one that says federal income tax. If people realized what was going on, they would be outraged and they wouldn't tolerate it.
1: You know, it's something when you think about the ability to, to adjust inflation, right? And only when you, a handful of us kind of think that way. And if you think that way, it's it's, it's, it's nauseating, right? When you can inflationally adjust the dollar and you think that way it's it's nauseating and when i look at certain effects in our current news when you think about the big 3 and you look at their stock and you go back to 1999 it's fascinating to me ford in 1999 was at $29 if you inflationally adjust adjust $29 you're at 56 almost 57 today so to look at the stock And you realize if it's not $57, it's not even keeping up with 1999. Yet, it's only at $12. And when you look at the liabilities and you look at the handouts and you look at the blessings, is it really at $12 or is it bankrupt? And then if you do it with Ford, you have to do it with all the rest of them. And then you look at some of the other companies, some of the insurance companies that went out of business, and you realize it all traces back to when the government started to say they were helping these companies. They were helping the American citizen. They're going to help us right into homeless shelters, aren't they?
3: They they are, and, and right into uh, the soup kitchen lines as well. You know, Sean, we observe the exact same thing when we look at uh, household net wealth, for example, which just reached a record high last quarter, but it's only a record high in nominal terms, just like all these stock prices. As soon as you adjust it for inflation, this is insane. But we are at roughly the same level today as the fourth quarter of 2020. In other words, all of the, the nominal household net wealth that has been generated under the Biden administration all of that real value has been confiscated through the hidden tax of inflation all of it people are literally only better in nominal terms
1: and you steal time you know maybe this is the problem with um people as they try to communicate the detriments to inflation what you're really doing is you're stealing years off of people's lives that are finite they just don't have an expiration date but when you have the government which has stole three years of our lives whether you look at it economically or you look at it in any virtue in, in any way you can measure it how do you ever get that time back and you're never going to get it back if you keep turning to your abuser so at what point do the numbers do the people stop tolerating the lipstick on the pig of the numbers that come out of the government and they start to realize Joe Biden the American mafia the the compromise with the mafia has taken years off every single one of our lives, and we need it to stop. Do you think it'll be a certain number? Will it be the national debt that hits $60 trillion? Is there something in your mind you see resonating with people as they're lulled into this coma by the government?
3: Oh, Sean, I, I wish there was a magic number, but but history has shown us that that's just not the case. What, the only thing that's really going to uh, snap people out of this is if they're made aware of what's going on. And that's that's why, you know, conversations like this are so important. That's why shows like yours are so important, because we have to get the word out to more people so that they understand what is being done to them. Because until that happens, nothing's going to change because no one will be motivated. To make any changes,
1: What I'm fascinated about is how the ignorance of the American people to realize how lucrative welfare has become in the year 2023. In fact, it's far more lucrative to be a family of four on massive amounts of welfare than it is a guy trying to raise two kids with his, and support his wife by starting a small business. You'd almost be foolish today to take the risk of starting a small business when you look at the costs between health care and taxes and rent and all the rest of it and product. And you see that uh, the cost of that product in almost every case is through the roof. But yet welfare is handing out unprecedented amounts of cheese, isn't it?
3: It, it certainly is. Yeah, I did a study actually just uh, uh, just in the beginning of this year. And what we found was that if you look at you know, very common blue collar jobs around the country, whether that's you know a, a mechanic or a plumber, a machinist, Etc. You have in many instances cases where two parents, instead of working with their two and having two children, you know, the, the classic uh, four person household, instead of those two adults working, they can basically make or have the same standard of living if they were on welfare instead. I mean, is it any wonder why we're, we're having such a shortage of workers, particularly in these blue collar professions today?
1: So this is the goal. In my opinion, I recognize that decades ago, the goal of the government is to disincentivize individuality and to have this kind of collective society where no matter if you work or you don't, you have the same outcome. That's really what they what they mean when they talk about equality or equity, isn't it? And we're navigating it here through an unjust, the most anti-American system that is ironically implemented on our backs and on our paychecks by our government. And that's the only explanation for the bald-faced lies that come repeatedly out of Washington, isn't it?
3: Oh, Sean, this, this point was illustrated so perfectly just a few days ago by the Census Bureau in their annual poverty report where despite the fact that the supplemental poverty measure went through the roof, had one of its biggest increases in, in I don't know how many years, right? Despite that, they were they were praising the fact that income inequality went down. Yes, let's
1: all cheer <laughs> the fact that as all of our income yes. approaches zero, yes. income inequality is going down. Well, it's That's like great. that in Venezuela. In fact, you know what else is similar to Venezuela? It's the same thing as it is in Chicago. It's more advantageous to be a recipient of government corruption and favoritism than it is an honest guy trying to work a business in both Venezuela and downtown Chicago. But it's like that in New York. It's like that in Philadelphia. It's like that anywhere the Democrats are. And I'm wondering how much more do you think the American people are going to tolerate as you have a unique perspective? You're dealing with the representatives that you see when they're not busy uh, sleeping off a a hangover or trying to raise money from constituents, what's the feel in Washington by the so-called representatives?
3: Oh, goodness. Well, I suppose I'll have a better feel tomorrow after I testify before a a House committee on Bidenomics, but from from what I've seen so far, uh, it's amazing the disconnect between one group who uh, essentially seems to really have a good feel for how much the American people are hurting right now, and the uh, and the rest of them who are the elites who are so disconnected, uh, who leave such cushy lives uh, that have nothing to do with the common man or, or any of his plights or concerns, that they just simply do not get it. Because again, they are insulated from all the negative ramifications of their own actions.
1: You know, I'm wondering what the what the Support is for the organized syndicate in the UAW and the negotiations of the government subsidized uh, uh, big three. And I say this when you look at the massive success of the non-union states, of the non-union auto manufacturers who employ Americans, who are made right here in America. And you look at that massive list of what used to be foreign-owned companies that now are manufactured and assembled in america and i'm wondering how long we can have this idea of marxism in american manufacturing because we wave an american flag what do you think will happen in this in this boondoggle of the uaw true grab of greed known as their new contract
3: well what what history has shown us at least recent history is that as unions uh, overreach, they they end up falling apart. That's a key reason why union membership has declined so much in the last several decades, because unions overreached. Uh, they essentially lost members, and they were and they lost their their stranglehold uh, of different businesses and of different industries. And that's why an in, in auto industry that used to be 100% dominated. by by unions now has a very small share of unions in in terms of workers. So I I would expect the exact same thing is going to happen here as the UAW overreaches with their crazy demands. They're going to see the exact same result. They're going to see fewer membership. They're going to see fewer roles. I mean, ultimately, they're
1: sowing the seeds of their own destruction. And I saw a real ray of hope in both uh, 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 Mrs. Barra, the G I or the CEO of GM and in uh, Farley, the CEO of Ford, as they basically said, you know, if we weren't strapped with this, we would be massively successful. And I'm wondering, is there a way for the American car companies to break the back and the stranglehold of, of the UAW and simply become non-union? I mean, that would really save the car companies and the stock price And I'm wondering, is there an angle here for them to break the back of the UAW, the true face of greed?
3: Oh, goodness. If there is an angle, I'm not sure exactly what it is, Sean. I mean, that's not to say it's not possible. It is. It has been done before. There are plenty of companies and there are plenty of of entire industries uh, that have that have broken unions. You you can break up a, a monopoly of labor just like you can break up a monopoly of a business. And so it has been done, it can be done, and I really genuinely hope that, that we see those those kinds of breakthroughs because I mean otherwise let's let's face it, not only are the unions sowing the seeds of their own demise, but they're doing the exact same thing for the very companies that are employing their members.
1: And I think you would spur massive massive love for the big three again. Because the average American, the working guy, the guy who thinks like me, the small business guy, it's 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 upsetting to realize what's happening. It's upsetting to see the true cost of corruption as you see the massive costs of these new cars and you realize that the the foreign competition is made here in America by Americans and delivers value. I mean, I'm wondering how detached we're going to allow the labor extortion mafias in our society to become.
3: Oh, goodness, Sean, that's a a very, very good question. Uh, You know, unfortunately, what we have seen uh, with, with the UAW in particular, most unions, but the UAW in particular, is, is this uh, you know, effective relationship that they have with government where they can use the strong arm of government to get their way. And, and maybe going back to your earlier question of, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we stop this? How do we break up uh, these monopolies like unions? I would assume it would have to be that we need to break the, the stranglehold that they share with government. That's the relationship that really needs to get torn asunder here.
1: All right, I want you to keep an eye on a stock for me, all right? Because I've been noticing something, and you know how I like to think. I always like to think about, is there a way maybe we could see something that nobody else sees? And I'm looking at all of the Marxists in Chicago, specifically the new mayor, who is as dumb as they come, yet he stands there in a Brioni $6,500 suit. And then I look at all the Democrat congressmen from Chicago, and I look at all the congressmen from New York and New Jersey and all these corrupt ghettos and these failed places to live where you destroyed the quality of life, they all appear to be in the $6,800 Brioni suit. Is there a way you can tell me what the Brioni stock price is? Because I think as government corruption upticks and the payoffs and the scandals go, this suit sales are going to go through the roof when these bust outs who are on payments to pay their water bill are wearing $6,800 suits. Can you look at that stock for me for next week?
3: Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we should look at, uh, you know, Turnbull and Asser and you know maybe yeah. a few others, Louis Vuitton. We'll see. I mean, if we
1: can't <laughs> buy into the Bentley dealership in Kiev, we might as well cash out on the suits here sold in the, in the Democrat strongholds. Thank you, my friend. EJ Tony. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments.
7: I was just listening to the Sean Thompson
5: show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am
0: appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560. The answer.
1: if you're waiting for government to reverse course in these sewer corrupt areas you're wasting your time because they're celebrating the destruction of these once great states they're celebrating them
4: california's leadership on protecting public health and safeguarding our environment should be a national model when the federal government has failed to guarantee cleaner air to every Californian, our state government has acted to reduce harm. When Washington, D.C. politicians were doing the bidding of big oil, California had the courage to curb pollution and improve air quality. California's recent strengthening of emission standards will save $13 billion in
1: Now, only a Democrat moron would believe that rather than realize that this agenda of the green industrial complex has cost the American people trillions, not to mention the quality of life. You see, because California is the most beautiful state in the country, possibly the world. Absolutely unbelievable. And when you realize the self-destruction they have been implementing to, them, to, to their very people, driving out business. It's almost like Illinois or New York or New Jersey or Philly or anywhere these mafia half ass gangsters rule. And yet here they are celebrating the destruction of Americanism. Healthcare costs and prevent more than 1,200 lives. Just make up numbers. 13 billion. Just make it up. You're like a UAW moron. In the meantime, what's the reality of it?
4: Well, you've probably seen the ads on TV and online that you may qualify for free solar panels.
0: Boy, like every single day on the computer somewhere. One elderly Houston couple took the bait, and then they called investigator Amy Davis because they realized they had been hooked and tricked into paying tens of thousands for the so-called free solar panels.
1: By the way, and I'm just picking on solar panels. I could pick on windmills. I could pick on the EV boondoggles that set your house on fire. We could pick on it all. It's all a failure. None of it works. And then there's the pesky fact of what it actually does to Mother Earth, as these communist bastards want to call her. What it does is destroy the Earth. And what they do is they turn third world hell holes that they wave the flags from, like Mexico or Africa or anywhere, into slave nations. As they destroy not just the Earth, but the quality of life through their corruption. See, all of it has to come to an end, but none of it's going to come to an end because what you have is the perfect storm where these failed, corrupt morons can continue to practice the delivering of utopia that never seems to get here. What, what are we going to do? We got a five year plan like the Soviet Union. I got a seven year plan. I got a two year plan, but we're always right around the corner because we have a vision.
5: You know, we have a vision to
1: put people
5: over politics. That's what we should be doing. That's why we were sent to Washington, D.C.
1: I wonder what people over politics, the ones that are suffering in these hellholes like you've already destroyed and rule over, you know, the ones that are from, I don't know, Chicago, New York, New Jersey. When exactly are we going to be at Utopia? Because you have arguably the most government interference in life in these Democrat strongholds. Yet how's the quality of life? Two Chicago police officers are injured when a man began beating them.
0: This video posted a social... It's not
1: a man. It's a Democrat. A Democrat began beating them. Why? Because he didn't have enough cheese? What? He was too drunk? He's too depressed? What exactly is the the excuse of this scallywag, who, by the way, as of today, doesn't have to pay bail when he gets arrested? That's why I'm hoping somebody beats the perpetrators with a stick. It's really the only reason I came back to see how the uh, peace and tranquility of a bondless society is going to be. In the meantime, let's not take away the attention from the vision.
5: Not to make an ideological point, but to make a difference. And we're going to continue to focus on making life more affordable for everyday Americans, lowering costs, better paying jobs, safer communities, defending democracy, fighting for reproductive freedom, and of course, building an economy that works for everyday Americans.
1: You're almost there. What's reproductive freedom, Squirrel? That means when the, when the tramp and the, and the fatherless moron wants to pay to kill the ramifications of sex called a baby. That, is that what he means? You get to kill the baby in these Democrat sewers? Yeah, that's good. Well, how are we going to figure out uh, how that argument goes? I mean, is it every, every Democrat just thinks that that baby isn't entitled to anything? I mean, is it Democrats and Republicans? I don't know. Saw an interview this weekend. Didn't make me feel good. About the future, I, I and I think this is supposed to be our guy, who's leading us to the destination of utopia on our end, and he doesn't want to talk about when we should start defending the actual baby rather than the imbecile
4: rat parents that want to kill it. Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of I where you stand. I on think this- they're
1: all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Le- right there is a problem. See. I don't want the scum that would accept the mafia to like me. Please don't like me. If you vote for these con artist mafia members, don't ever like me because that's how I know I'm right. When you want to be gangsters and you scallywags and you thieves, you liars of Ponzi schemes, when you start liking us, then there's a problem. That means we're wrong. And that's really what Trump needs to get because he's getting terrible advice. And if he keeps this up, is people are going to realize he's a Democrat in more ways than one. Let me, What's let Mr. going President, to have to happen is you're going to have to ask
2: this question. Listen, please. You're asking
5: me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months. You're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy because.
1: Do you agree with that, Squirrel? Is there a number where you're happy killing somebody? I mean, I, I don't mind killing somebody, but I prefer to rob me try to hurt me and then then i'm all for killing these evil son of dogs but the innocent babies i'm never for killing them not if they're 15 weeks old or 15 months old or 15 days old i'm not for killing the babies i'm i'm for killing the criminals 92 percent of the democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of
4: time if a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15 Are you weeks? talking about a complete ban? A ban at
5: 15 be- well, weeks? Well, people people are starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I would I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace in that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSanctus is willing to sign a five week and six week Do you
4: support that you think I, that i
5: goes think what he far? did is a
1: terrible thing and a terrible mistake not if you're a baby who's 14 weeks old you don't you know there's all kinds of ways to to make your point you can make it crass and in your face you can make it quiet and through intelligence and dignity and conversation but it's still got to be a point you got to have a point when you try to be all things to all people you are going to be nothing to no one. And that's what somehow gets lost in this debate. You know, the people that disagree with me, I go ahead, disagree with me. At what point are you comfortable killing your kid? At what point? At what, do you not need it to have a face so you can have a clear conscience? See, because I never waver from the fact there is no point to kill your kid. Ever. And somehow we get detached from this argument. And then before you know it, we're negotiating with scallywags and scumbags about everything from life to bankruptcy to freedom to liberty. This is what happens when you try to be all things to all people. And if you can't realize, sometimes the greatest thing you could have in life is an enemy, a government supremacist, a communist, a Marxist, or a Chicago Democrat. I hope you're all my enemy. That's how I know I'm right. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred.
0: Broadcasting from the Petri Dish of Corruption known as the State of Illinois in the upper Midwest in the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, the answer. AM 560. The answer.
1: Fly me to the moon. Oh, I love it. Let me play up See, here's there another reason, Squirrel, you don't try to be all things to all people. There's all kinds I of scum I out there. Like on-
4: It was the morning of September 2nd when East Chicago
0: police were called to this Northwest Indiana nursing home. A police report filed at the time indicates that a witness had observed one of the residents fondling a 96-year-old woman with dementia who also lives there. That woman is Gloriette Evans Dumas' grandmother. This has been devastating to our family. Filing suit against both the alleged offender and the facility today, Evans Dumas says she holds Harbor Health and Rehab responsible for what happened because the man accused of forcibly fondling her grandmother is a registered sex offender.
1: Should he get free health care? Hey, should that piece of dung, should he get a raise in his food stamps? How about sectionated housing? Or how about we abort that son of a dog? Now him, I'll abort. But the babies, who did nothing, I'm never going to abort them. Not at 15 weeks or 15 minutes. And I'm never going to try to reason with anybody who is so rotten they want to kill their own kid. You think they give a rip about yours? Me either. Tony Riverside. Hi, Sean.
4: So listen, you and I are on the same page as far as that issue. But he did say something that you have to take it. He's, if When he's president, he's everybody's president.
5: And
1: this is an I, issue that's I, I, I don't not buy, going away. That's poppycock. Don't, when you're well, president, no. you're not everybody's president. Joe Biden isn't my president. He's nothing. He's a two-bit president whore. So I, I believe in the freedom to, to, for, for anybody to declare their so-called representative null and void. That's the beauty of being free. We're not in a society where we have kings. And the other thing you have to remember is this is why Donald Trump was a Democrat for 80% of his life. He is a Democrat. He's a fiscally conservative, fantastic foreign policy, excellent energy policy Democrat. But this is something only a Democrat would say. So I don't have to buy that because you want to know something? He's wrong. Like he was okay. wrong about warp speed, wrong right. about PPP. Right. You're right. But he's maybe wrong. He's just saying that the the other side the like vote. Stand up like a man. Maybe that's why he gave Rahm Emanuel money or that moron Ed Burke. What do you say? You stand up like a man. I'm sick and tired of that bulldog. I don't have to agree with everybody, do I? See, I'm not in a cult. I don't want to be. And if you don't want to be, we'll be back in 21 hours so you don't have to be, whether it's abortion or unions. I ain't in it. I'll be back.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's